everybody, and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that takes a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We will look at how our unique and diverse lives intersect with thousands of people on a regular basis, and how the gospel intersects with each facet and issue that we face. Join us as we look at how we can set our eyes on the life of Christ as a source of compassion for each of our relationships. Our hosts include Pastor Jeff Bogue, Senior Pastor at Grace Church of Greater Akron, Bishop Joey Johnson, Senior Pastor at the House of the Lord, and Pastor Coach Kemp Boyd, Pastor and Executive Director for Love Akron. Keep listening as we cross paths on today's episode of The Intersection. We're blatantly Christian, so parents know that we're going to disciple their kids but they don't care. And I, I actually got that vision about, that's probably 10 years ago now. My kids were in um, a basketball program out in Wadsworth. I lived out there at the time. And my neighbor, who I'd been trying to share Christ with, his daughter was in the same program. My neighbor was a pronounced atheist, even though I don't believe there is such a thing. I don't believe in atheists, but um, he was a pronounced one. We went to a end of year rally. They presented the gospel. To be honest, it was a little bit painful, but I sat with him through it. His daughter came home every week from basketball and memorized Bible verses and went back to basketball. And as I was talking to him on the way home, I was like, what did you think about all that? He goes, oh, it's it's good for her. She loves to play basketball. And I realized mm. He didn't care what she was taught as long as there was a ball involved. Hmm. And so it's from there we came back. We bought the Montrose building. There's a gym in it. I hired Donnie. And I said, you can build as much sports as you want, but it it is not a sports program. It's a discipleship program with a ball. Hmm. And so you that that distinction is very, very important. So like when we have a, a league, this is children through adults. When we have a league, you have to give me your discipleship plan before I'll give you keys to the gym. And that's where F3 came from. That that's It's volleyball, it's basketball. Now it's pickleball. A mm-hmm. uh, family came and said, we think we can disciple people through pickleball. Can we build the courts? We'll pay for everything. I'm like, sure. Wow. And now it's pickleball. And it's it's funny, like um, other pastors think that I'm really in the sports, and I'm not. I, I I enjoy. You can tell by looking at you, you're not. Yeah, like not, you're, you're not I, coordinated. I'm not. I'm I'm not this big athlete. Like I enjoy the NFL and the NBA, but I'm not like this diehard guy. For me, it's all pragmatic. Mm-hmm. I make it when when we um when we went through COVID. Our community begged us to open our sports programs. So we went to Summit County, figured out with with the health department, we figured out how to do it and we opened them up and they were flooded. Like we cannot offer as we can't offer enough to our community. It's and it's not the church. I mean, it's it's usually 50-50 is the ratio we're looking for. And we're usually just about there, if not there. But that's why we built this big facility up here, um, because the weather's crappy in Northeast Ohio. You have to do stuff inside, or you or you can't do it, you know. Um, so we just built this facility. It's going to open in a couple of weeks, and it will almost be booked out by the time it's it's open. But it's all discipleship. It has quadrupled our footprint in the community. Mm-hmm. It has started to um, diversify us. It's the number one uh, tool for diversification. And so the the diversity of our campus is vastly different than it would have been even five years ago. It's not where I want it to be, but I'm like, it's, it's a, instead of saying like, we want minorities to come here. I'm like, we're just building relationships with people, you know, mm-hmm. and now we're, our friends are going to church with us kind of a thing. And then we've just seen hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ. 
um, children, young adults, high school kids, and um, and older adults, because it's just a relational path of evangelism. So it's been a, so when I was talking to Darren, we are just having, like I said, we just have breakfast once in a while. We're just friends. And uh, I was like, buddy, you have a gold mine that you're sitting on. And he was like, do you think our community will respond? I'm like, I know they will because they're coming to my community. Absolutely. So it, the, the, because people are like, can we, can we bust the kids out? And so I'm like, yeah, but there, there's great churches there. Like we, we need to, we need to help those churches get up to speed on this stuff. And, and so that we're all reaching, you know, our neighborhoods, so to say, um, but it's, it's I want to go back. I'm sorry, Joe, I want to cut you off. I want to go back to what you initially said and how did you frame it? You said coming out of COVID, what we realized is that we had to what with our neighborhoods? You have to join your community. So that most, most churches will complain that the culture's going one way and they're going another. And I would just localize that and say the community... The nobody comes to church, but those soccer fields are filled up every weekend. You know, that it's usually a grumpy complaint like that. And I'm like, why don't you just go to the soccer fields? Like that when Jesus said the fields are right for harvest, like those are literally the fields <laughs> that are that where the people are. So let's let's stop saying like drop out of what you're doing and come to church the the culture has spoken that they're not going to skip football practice to go to youth group um and they are going to take their kids on a travel team and not go to church so there's a tension it's not that i don't challenge on that because you're you're oh. literally building a false god because your kid isn't going to play they're not even going to play in college let alone d1 let alone the pros right it's just not yeah. statistically it's not going to happen um so we 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 put the tension in there, but what I'm saying is like, let's be all things, all people. If sports is what is how people think, then let's do sports, but let's just redeem it. Um, we're moving into like music and art. Like if, if you're paying, you know, 50 bucks for your kid to have a drum lesson, I have drummers, like we have artists at the church so let's turn that into a discipleship group and platform uh, because your kids, if you tell your kid, you're going to go share your feelings in a small group, they're going to fight you. Mm -hmm. If you say you're going to go learn to do what you love to do. So we started calling these Jesus spaces uh, where we're looking and saying, wherever you are, you have a community of people around you bring Jesus into that community. So I just, I just was having a conversation with my college pastor last night, my young adult pastor. And he's like, I think we're going to start online gaming communities. Mm. I'm like, how come? And he's like, well, I, we know that the, the people in our church spend hours playing call of duty and you do it, you know, over the internet. So we're going to turn those into Jesus spaces instead of saying, how do we get you to not play Call of Duty and come to a Bible study? We're we're looking and saying, how do we bring Jesus into the Call of Duty space? The first invite for us is not church. It's usually a retreat. We're going to have a Call of Duty weekend, <laughs> right? And then we're going to build relationships. Those relationships create friendships. Then they drift into church. And it's a it's a longer longer play, Jonathan. What is this? Oh, Bishop. <laughs> yeah. Good, good afternoon, Bishop. Where are you at today? I'm at home. Did you try to call me? Yeah, man. We're we're sitting here doing a podcast that you're a part of. Oh God, what time is the podcast start? Eleven. We're still on there talking. You can jump in. Man, I'm so late. I got see. This is what happens when you get old. <laughs> what happened yeah, when you get old? That's right. We can't talk about now. Hey, hey, listen. Uh, we we all like being able to have this over you. So I got Dr. Hawk here, Bishop Jeff Bogues here, 
right. Dog, go ahead. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, man. And I knew, Jeff, man, I loved you, man, just because, man, you're, you're my guy and we have good time. But what, what I love is, man, this I know, man, we're, we're brothers, is that it, it's you have this relational evangelism approach. Yeah. And it's just really beautiful. You're meeting people where they are. But also, man, that's the whole nature of what brought us together, right? It's it's intersecting. Yeah. So it's yeah. taking all these different things. And how do we, how do we, I love what you said, join our community. How do we intersect with our community versus saying, hey, man, come to church. And why are you going to do that? It's like, no, man, I'm going to intersect with you where you are. And guess and the, what? I'm bringing Jesus with me. That's right. So the the equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry is how you build the church. And the work of the ministry, you know, Paul says, do the work of an evangelist. Well, the work of an evangelist isn't a sales job. It's a life share. Mm. And so that I'm sharing my life as if Christ himself were making his appeal through me. Um, and when I share my life, when, when I am uh, with my friends, this is going to be shocking to you, Kemp. I don't talk about Jesus all the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, what? Yeah. Sometimes we talk about the Browns or the yard oh, or the food or the now. I You're also falling off my pedestal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dan. Yeah. The the uh but I also talk about Jesus a lot. It's just my life. Right. Yeah. It's it's if you know me, you know I love my wife, you know I love Ohio State football, uh, and you know I love Jesus. It's just that's who I am. Uh, so I'm not if I'm going to sell you something, you know, I got salesmen coming out to the house to look at my gutters. They're gonna sales pitch me. We're all <laughs> dreading it, right? You sell me. But when I when you're my friend, like we may talk about that, we may not, you know, and it's just it's just activating the body of Christ in a different way. And then the church is just a sum total of its individual parts. So the church is just individuals who live life who are drawn together in a body. And then sometimes, like sometimes, like you and Stacy and Heidi and I might have dinner, or sometimes I might have a cookout and you guys come to that and there's a bunch of people there. Yeah. You know, it's just that kind of thing. And and if the church, there's this whole, if you ever want to have a fascinating podcast conversation, see now I'm taking over Bishop's job. If you ever want to have a fascinating podcast conversation, there's a conversation, I did not originate it, uh, but it's really impacted me. And then I kind of made it my own. And now I can't remember what I read and what I say, but um, there's a conversation about three cultures and how the church interacts within those cultures. And, and what I've kind of said to pastors this summer, especially <clears throat> is we are using two to three, two to 400 year old evangelism methods to a post-Christian culture who thinks that's archaic and hateful. So what we've done is this. I'm about to get to shouting. Yeah. Come on, brother. What I said to them is I said, if we're not careful, what happens is we start to despise the harvest instead of love them. And we despise them because we've forgotten how to communicate with them. So what I found, <clears throat> like our co our young adult ministries at three of my campuses are exploding, exploding. Like we can't keep up with it. So like this generation isn't open to Christ. That's that's not true. Uh, this generation speaks a different language. That's right. So I don't I don't go to Italy and shout in English. I learn Italian and then I learn the culture. And then I communicate what I need to communicate. And um, what I found is that the way to communicate is through relationships. Um, there's a great quote by a lady named Katie Cole. She says, uh, relationships are the new excellence. So relationships. And then I added in it that we communicate through ideas. And this is Paul in, in Athens. Paul would put out an idea. He wouldn't put out a statement. 
And he didn't begin with a truth. He would engage an idea. And when the Athenians were wrestling with that, they're like, he has strange ideas, right? And so um, here's an idea. Here's an idea. Um, <clears throat> if I If I could help you not go through the same pain your parents and your grandparents went through with a divorce, and if I could help you not have your children live through what you lived through, would you be open to a different idea? That's a question I would ask like on Sunday morning. And you'll watch the heads nod, right? Um, and I'll say, I, I know some ideas that maybe you're not exposed to. Uh, I just did this last week. Uh, I was doing Romans 12. The, the NLT says, uh, don't pretend to love each other, really love each other. And it says, hate what is hate what is evil, hold tightly to what is good, and then um, uh, delight in honoring each other. And when I what I did was I took that passage. There he is. There's I think the, you guys didn't want me to be a part of this. Uh, there's the, the boss has showed up now. All right. Are you awake, <laughs> brother? <laughs> What's up? What's up? I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. That happens to all of us. But yeah. I mean, all of us, not if we're walking with the Lord, it doesn't. That's right. The Lord Amen. The spirit Amen. should have warned me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you must you be quenching him in his life, in your life. He didn't warn you. I'm going to have to go back to the, to the to prayer. <laughs> That's right, man. Pastor Jeff has been blessing us oh, with brother. a deep, he comprehensive, is, he's clear, on the road inspiring, and oh, man. Vision, hey. Man. He he, he, he must be I'm gonna start calling him Bishop Jeff. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, what. that's, that's gonna it. stick. That's, that's what happened. The anointing passed from me. Bishop Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Man. Go ahead, Brother Jeff. Don't let me stop. Yeah. Keep on moving. So, like what I did was that in that Romans 12, as I said, I can I want to show you ideas. Because in Romans 12, 2, this is all the NLT says, um, uh, don't copy the behaviors and the, and the customs of this world, but be transformed by allowing God to change your mind. And so I'm like, I, I want to give you some ideas, if you're interested in it, that will change your relationships today, today. And so he says, uh, hate what is evil, hold hold tightly to what is good. And I said, here's the idea that we struggle with. Most of us hold tightly to what is evil and hate what is good. That's why you used to love each other. And now you can't stand your spouse. Mm. Um, let's honor each other. I, I, said, uh, I said, do you know why your husband talks about himself all the time? And you see people sit up and I said, because you never talk about him. You never celebrate. And so that I'm you wrap you kind of bring that in. It's just old-fashioned teaching. And then you're like, here's an idea. An idea is you seem behaviors and you seem customs, and they're your instincts. An idea is that when you become adopted as a daughter or son of God and a citizen of a different nation that God says, let's let's reprogram your thinking so your instincts become better. If What if there was an idea that instead of improving my thinking, I mute it and I bring in new thinking? And it's not self-improvement thinking, it's Jesus thinking. And you'll watch these light bulbs come on. And then after service, I had college kids say that was the most helpful thing I've ever experienced in my life because no one, if you don't go to a Christian school or didn't grow up in a good church, which most people don't do either, no one has ever even logically walked you through that before. Yeah. And so we would just find like they're, um, like I, I said, uh, one time I said, what if I could help you not get divorced? They're like, yeah. Well, then I taught them Really, they were old-fashioned dating principles, but they never heard them before. And I gave them some math. I said, do you know that the, the studies say if you live together before you're married, your divorce rate is higher? Nobody's ever said that to them before. They didn't know that. And then I said, I know why you do that. 
it's not because you're being rebellious against God. That's not that the heart's wicked. So we know theologically that's true, but that's not what they're thinking. What they're thinking is, I don't want to blow my life up the way my mom and dad did. So we should probably practice this before we commit to it. So like, that's what we're finding. And, and we're, we're not, we're discovering this. I mean, you know, we're in the same boat as everybody else is, but because we've approached this relationally and because we've quit harping on the culture and we've basically removed politics um, in any form and, and just kind of got hyper gospel centered, like every one of our campuses is growing and it's growing with young people because we we learn we're learning a language and communicating it to them. So I told my staff, uh, I would rather you take people on a retreat than have them in the weekend service. Yeah. If you can get them in a relational setting where you can get depth into the conversation, spiritual depth into the conversation, that's more valuable uh, than having them come to church that weekend. So we're just thinking all that differently and then we find these platforms sports art music uh working out you know what whatever i don't care what the platform is you get the relational bond and then we're just saying bring bring the gospel into that on deeper and deeper levels the goal is not to drive them to the weekend service the goal is to drive them to each other in christ and then they'll show up at church you know, they wind up being there. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you're creating multiple intersections, opportunities right. for people. Right. When you talk about these platforms, well, honestly, it's 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 multiplying the intersection space as much as possible as we continue to intersect with Christ. Obviously, it gives us opportunity to intersect with one another. And as we intersect with one another, you know, we're, we're essentially meeting people where they are. Um, and helping them to get to where it is that they want to go, right? Because right. whether it's a successful marriage, whether it's, you know, graduating from school um, or what have you, you know, none of them are waking up saying, hey, man, I, I don't want to be have joy in my marriage or I don't want to, you know, treat a spouse right, or, or those type of things. So I uh, really appreciate that approach because this is the essence of the podcast. Yeah. It's intersection. And yeah, it's going to be intersection, intersectioning with each other from a racial perspective, but also too, how do we as the body of Christ intersect with the lost and meet them where they are? What's really the same? The, I quote uh, Bishop all the time that, you know, most white people aren't racist. They're just ignorant. You know, they, they don't know. And I think, I think that same philosophy holds true. I don't think most Christians hate lost people. I think they're ignorant. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, we're seeing this intergenerationally. I'm looking at an older generation and they're saying, we're not sure what to do. The, your church is focused on the young, which it is. You feel a little left out. So a little idea, I, I'll tell them, I, I tell older people, you have a secret weapon. And, and they're like, I do. I'm like, if you got a secret weapon for interacting with young people, like, what is it? And I say, it's your home. You have a home and a kitchen island and you have the money to put pizza on that kitchen island. So they'll say, I want to interact with young people. What they mean is I want to teach a Bible study and tell them everything that's wrong with them. Mm. And I'll say to them, they'll never work. They'll never show up. No. But if you let college students lead college students, they do it all the time. That's the nature of college. And I'm like, if you let them lead the biblical conversations, you host I promise you within five weeks, you will be friends with 20 college kids and you will be able to have deep spiritual conversations with them. Mm. You just have to do it differently. And we're watching that happen all over the place. And, yeah. and we're watching, instead of saying, we're going to have intergenerational classes, I'm like, let's just figure out a way to put them in spaces with each other. These are good hearted people who don't know what to do. So if you can tell them what to do, their hearts will come through. Uh, I got I got a guy that's 70 that's letting a, um, a college small group meet in his house. 
once a month, he's like, all they ever talk about is Marvel movies. And, and he's like, I don't know what their problem is. I said, well, why don't you once a month cancel small group and just watch Marvel, a Marvel movie. <laughs> he's been doing that. And he's like, I have these whole different relationships. I'm like, right. You just learned some Italian, right? <laughs> you, you, you just entered their world. It was fun. He's like, the movies are actually kind of good. I was like, I know, man, like alien, <laughs> alien violence is a blast, you know? Um, and that's, that's a basketball. It's a pickleball. It's a movie. It's, and it's actually not hard to figure out once you can get the paradigm down. Right. And, and so we spent a year, so we're changing all of our youth ministries in about a month, uh, in our children's ministry and, um, in our young adult ministry. And then it floats up from there. And I'm, it took us a year to, to kind of figure it out and understand what we're seeing. I'm not sure we've got it down perfectly, but I think we have a paradigm that we didn't have 18 months ago that is more aligned with our communities. Love it. Love it. Love so it. Love it. Can, can I, am I allowed to talk? No, you were late. So you were late. What you was it? Time out. You were late 35 minutes. So you, you, Bishop, Bishop Jeff used a word that I really like, instinct. The Bible spends a great deal of time talking about and illustrating instincts from an animal perspective. We think it's um, agricultural. Um, it's old-fashioned. It, I don't think God was doing that because of agricultural perspective or whatever, but because there is, there is a relationship there hmm. that instinctively has a different perspective. It's a relational instinct. And we can't pick it up because we're not agricultural. But if we just looked at it from a dog's perspective, my, you know, a dog or ox knows its manger as master and its main master's manger. An ox knows where who its master is and where to get fed. I, I just change it to a dog. A dog knows who his master is and where to get fed. People would be uh, probably offended. Our relationship with God ought to be so close that we are uh, and have that kind of relationship. We know who God is. We know where we get fed. It's a relational perspective. That's so hard for Americans because we are so Greek. I like that dog image. And, and I'd also say, you know, pick up his poo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. You've, you've got to get, you've got to get into life with people and, the it's not just the church it's the culture yeah it's not just um, the church. you know you got like i'm looking at at uh, dr hawk here like people go to ash they don't go to ashland for the education they go to ashland for access to the educators mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that's what draws them absolutely you know, it's it's what it's why you would choose a, a smaller school or a a less known school it's why you know but it's all relation. It's what the school sells when they market. They're not marketing their science department. They're, they're marketing. This professor will sit down with you and help you with your problem, your science problem. And, and so it's not just the church that people are. I had a pastor this summer say to me, uh, he's like, I think the whole church is going to go online into the metaverse. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think the church, it's always helpful for us to modernize and, you know, do technology. But I'm like, that's not going to happen because our instinct is human relationship. It's not going to like, is AI going to replace it? I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it, you can't. It's going to that's going to be the ceiling of it. And what we've just found is like no one comes to church out of obligation no one comes out of religious duty. There is no cultural pressure, um, but there is a vacuum of relationship in um, either the LGBTQ plus community is going to meet it, or the sports community is going to meet it, or the business community is going to meet it, or the gaming church uh, gaming community is going to meet it, or the church community is going to meet it. 
And, and whoever will offer that relationship is going to attract that person into that relationship. And I think when we shift it, like you got to get out of like, let's have a better program. Let's be more flashy. That's all dead. It's not, it's gone. You got to get into how do we have better relationships and how are they accessible and how do people know that they're there? Well, you got to quit making the church, the core of that and start making the church, the people, the core of it, because they have those relationships. They just Absolutely. don't know how to utilize them. Absolutely. Brother Jeff, you, you, you said something else that I thought was very important. Uh, we, we are looking at, and I've been preaching about culture and the fact that we, in America, youth culture is most important because we're always future oriented, even though in the next 20 years, the greatest demographic, growing demographic are people 80 and over. Yeah. So there is a whole uh, demographic of people who can be uh, evangelized at that level also that we are almost unaware of. Well, you know, I'm all for young people and all like that, but there is a grow a tremendous amount of people turning 80. And they're the they're the hippies of the sixties, and they they're far from God. And this is one of our big emphasis is intergenerational things because there's going to be a wisdom loss that's unprecedented. Already is. Yeah, and so there we need to do whatever we can do to have a wisdom transfer because the 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 family traditionally would transfer that wisdom well the family's gone absolutely absolutely so if if the you're church right and think can, about this where where's the money gonna come from yeah <laughs> that's a good question where it comes from these folks most of my most of my people are if if the uh statisticians and and, and demographers are right and a pastor's uh, church is plus or minus 10 i'm 71 yeah. So I got 61 year olds and 81 year olds. But those folks believe in one thing. I'm going to give my dues. Yep. I'm going to pay my tithes. Now, the, the younger folks, God bless them, love them. They need God, all like that. But they're not thinking about giving any money. <laughs> Until we disciple them to do that. You have to disciple them. Yeah. So we, I don't make any vision decisions or create a sermon series unless I have 20 year olds in the room with me. And I, what I want to know is I want to know the language. I, I don't need to know the gospel. I understand the book. I need to know the language and it's fascinating how they will, what they teach me about the language. So I'll give you an example of this. We were, we're talking one time about just the church. And I said, you know, people don't have a theology of sin. So they don't understand their need for God's grace because everything's fine and I'm a good person. So how do we have a theology of sin? And a, and a, a kid that's 24 spoke up and he said, Pastor Jeff, he goes, I don't think that's true. So first of all, we had an environment where he could challenge the king, right? So he's like, I don't think that's true. I'm like, okay, tell me your thoughts. He said, you just talk about sin the wrong way. So now like I'm fighting my pride. I'm like, you know, who you're talking. it's actually Dr. Bogue. If you want to do it, like, you know, so you're fighting all that pride. I said, I said, tell me what you're thinking. He goes, you just use the wrong examples. You use greed and sexual immorality and like pornography. He said, none of my friends think that's bad, but if you would use abandonment and sex abuse and neglect, they would know exactly what you meant by sin. Like, okay, that's a language. See, that's a language. We're talking about the exact same thing. And then another guy, he's 21, he piped up and he goes, and Pastor Jeff, you do it in the wrong order. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, if you would talk about not how you sin, but how people have sinned against you first, you know, when you were neglected, when your dad walked out, if you talk about that first, then talk about 
And sometimes you walk out of relationships and sometimes you neglect. He said they would hear you a lot better. So it's just stuff like that. Like, I'm like, it's a light bulb for me. I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I got to humble down. I don't care. We're just trying to get the job done here. But, but they, they've got the, those kids, like they have the gospel. They don't, they are not mature in other areas of life. It's not like we should just, you know, hand them the keys and walk away. But if they can teach me like, um, it, it's like, it's like if I'm saying a word in Spanish and a Spanish speaker is like, actually, this is the pronunciation. I don't take that as an insult. I take that as like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, was saying the wrong, I was saying it the wrong way. And as we've watched that play out across our ecosystem, it's just been, it's a dynamic shift. It, it really is. I found older people are much more flexible than younger people. And older people will set aside their preferences much faster than a younger person will. Uh, if you tell if you tell an older person we're not going to sing hymns anymore to reach young people, they'll say okay. If you tell a young person we're going to sing hymns to prefer old people, they'll leave your church. So so engaging those generations for all the right things, and then actually just last night we were working on the vision campaign. I had a 24 year old in the room and we were talking about how to help people start giving financially. And, and he was like, um, wow, my generation is really terrible at this. I'm like, yeah, you guys just come to church and the lights are on. There's like a process behind this. But instead of like getting upset with them about that, I'm like, so how do we communicate and help them draw in and he would say, don't talk about how much it costs to turn the air conditioning on at the building. Talk about the opportunities we have to be mentors in the school system. And then we could use the building for that if we wanted to. I'm like, okay, that starts to make sense. So it's just, it's it's been a really, um, actually between this conversation and that conversation, it's a very intellectually stimulating time for me, you know, to, to learn new things and, and, uh, implement them. So that's long answers to your questions, Kim. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's all good. And and you're welcome by the way, cause you know, I put on this podcast like this. You is, do. This is your podcast. It's kind of my thing, you know, so you're Who welcome. Told you that, man? Who told you, you know what I'm saying? Oh man, see, you <laughs> missed a lot, Bishop. You missed a lot, Bishop. <laughs> like, like I got anointed while you, while you were, while you were late. Oh, like, okay. Well, I'm going to come in and re-anoint hey, you. Hey, hey Bishop <laughs> Pastor Jeff said, hey, Kip, this is your podcast, man. Do, do what you oh, will. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I'm hey, missing, yes, I, I I'm missing hey. meetings, I see now. Hey, hey. Joey, I'm, I'm going to take a... the blessings. You need to evaluate your friendships, Joey, because you were you were thirty minutes late, and we made it Kemp's podcast, and I became the bishop. That sounds like a lot of things went on there. I, <laughs> I know it's yeah. like wow. Just don't we slap anybody and say I'll, we took over. I'll catch up in the next ten podcasts. <laughs> okay, let, let, um, can you are you gonna write this stuff down, Kemp? I didn't give me anything to write down yet. Oh. Uh, see, but you know, Jeff gave me something to write. That's so I wrote something <laughs> down. No, for Jeff. no, he was teaching you. You don't have to write that down. You got okay. it. So. <laughs> I, but you I got to talk about one of these times. I'm doing some reading right now. I want to talk about what color God is, mm. because I, I'm some major issue. Is God white or is He black? He always had blue eyes in the pictures I saw. <laughs> yeah, he's always he's always got that. That hippie look. Hey, you want to catch a wave yeah. of the spirit, man? <laughs> I thought he was a Southern California, Southern California man. Hippie. Let's ride the wave. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's going to be fun. Uh, you're, about, you're killing Kemp. He can't handle it. Yeah. Kemp. Oh, because because we went from this all the way over here. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, man, write this down. We're talking about what like color this, God bro. is. You got to be able to jump. <laughs> That's a that's more of a leap, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Bishop? That's it. I mean, I had a, let me let me just say that my my wife has um, got surgery coming up. There was a whole lot of stuff going on, so that's oh probably why I didn't I, somehow I don't I don't have this on my calendar. I don't know what happened. 
Cause I usually accept them all, so I don't know where what it was. Not it's nothing on my calendar today. I was I was rejoicing, <laughs> and then I got a call from Kemp saying, "Rejoice no longer." That's right, cause you ain't <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> you missed my podcast. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. Then in, in uh, November, September, let me see, uh, October, November, I got cataract surgeries. Mm. So it's a lot of stuff coming up. What's going on with your with your wife, Joey? My wife has um, a lump in her thyroid, so that she's having a thyroidectomy sometime soon. Oh my, yeah. Yeah. pray for her. Yeah, let's. Um, matter of fact, but before we close out, Bishop Jeff, Bishop Pastor Jeff, you mind praying? Apostle Apostle Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I pray. Jesus, thanks for uh, friendship. Thanks for your church. Thanks for you and uh, just letting us know you and serve you and yes, the, the passion that that is. And so it's it's all by your invitation and your grace. So thank you. God, uh, just pray for these surgeries coming up, this uh, thyroidectomy. God, let, let that go well. And then Lord, just be in the process and then the diagnosis and the strength. And uh, Lord, that, that stuff it's scary and then it also is faith building and so just go before the cataract surgeries too god and and just uh thank you for the thanks for the technology and the medicine and mm -hmm. then superintend the process and grateful for that god uh i'm sure uh school's getting ready to fire up at ashland so just go before that with students yeah. and, and uh, work there use that their time there as a as a time to draw draw them closer to you expand their mind but expand their heart and their faith as well yes. and Kemp with football season and all that he's involved with God just give him strength and go before him thanks for his his dedication to serving uh the community but also just being involved in like a kid's life and how important that is and how life-changing that is. So God just thinks that we get to do that for you and together in your kingdom and and uh, just take these things, Lord, that the thing we would ask from you is just a harvest of righteousness, uh, relationships, uh, eternal change, spiritual depth. If you would let us have that in return, we would be grateful for it, Jesus. So love you in your name. Amen. 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 Hey, um, for, you know, Jeff and Bishop, I'm, I'm going to send you all probably on Monday, just kind of a draft of um, our encounter on the 25th of an agenda. Um, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to, instead of trying to do map out three hours, I, I want to have um, three 90 minute sessions. So this is just be 90 minutes coming up, but also have three more after so that way we can really delve into a little bit more relationship versus trying to squeeze early ship out in three hours. So yeah. um, you all being a part of every one of those is going to be vitally important. Um, I think, cause I need both of your um, just wisdom leadership, but also I think people have to see, and this is what we get on this intersection. Like we get to see the understanding that gets to happen between the two of you, even though you're leading different congregations you know, whether it's demographically from a standpoint of logistically location wise or race, gender, generational, blah, 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 blah. But they get to see relationship happen between the two of you. And there's love there. there there's praying for each other. There's praying for spouses. And I think even in that group that we met with before, I think you guys um, have to understand, maybe you do, maybe you don't. You guys are such a catalyst for that group to see that. And to say that, hey, you can have this and yet still have, um, you know, your perspective based on how you see it. And it's not wrong. Um, and you can still love each other and be bound to each other in that way. So I think that's going to be important. But I'll make sure um, you it should be in your inbox by Monday, working on it now. So that way you all can see it and kind of and you can say, hey, Kemp, this looks great. Or, hey, Kemp, I was thinking about maybe this or use this word or this language. I think would be helpful for me. Okay. No <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it, bud. So yeah. uh, I I think this is a good 
path to try to go down. You know, we'll see where the Lord takes it, but absolutely, we have to establish some trust and some relationship before we establish any other goals or process. So, yeah. And Dr. Hawk, I might leverage you a little bit in one of these times, maybe even come in and to just facilitate maybe a segment or two for us, because you're kind of coming outside of us, which may not be a bad thing. Um, kind of good but i'll keep you keep you abreast of that um as always man thank you brothers man really appreciate you your time i know y'all have juggling a whole bunch of different things but know this that as your brother as someone that you all mentor man i love you both dearly you as well dr hawk man your wisdom is like man it just shoots off so there's times when whether i'm preaching or whether i'm talking to my team i'm using some of the things that you all have taught me on this on this podcast, but also just in other conversations. So pray for our team, please, man. We are continuing to talk about this week. Um, we've been talking all week about in order for us to win, we must be willing to lose. Mm. And when we talk about that, we mean lose individually, which is denying ourselves, right? Why ain't I playing this position? Why ain't I getting the ball more? Well, all this, hey, man, are you willing to lose yourself in order for us to win collectively as a team? So um seem to pray for our guys podcast, man. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast. Yes, we yes, say sir. um we say a lot here at the church and and the other organization I leave if uh, if servanthood is beneath you leadership is above you. Absolutely. And it's just a it's it's I think the way Jesus would have us posture ourselves. So yeah, I look forward to that meeting but I might be about I don't know 31 to 35 minutes late. Don't worry. We'll have, I'll make up some other stuff like you did today. Don't worry. Now that now that I'm a bishop, I I will. Don't worry. We'll back handle back. it. Don't worry. Just come anytime you want. <laughs> hey, love y'all. Y'all be good. Bye, guys. Be safe, fellas. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of the Intersection, where we look at how everything intersects and brings us all back to Jesus. You can subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. You can reach out to us with questions or comments at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And we'll see you next time at the Intersection. <laughs>